0: Here's the host of The Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of The Harky Group, Scott Harkey. All right, welcome to The Rebrand Podcast, where, as you know,
1: we tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of The Harky Group, Scott Harkey. Join us is Doug Gillen, who is a brand manager at a Fortune 500 retailer. And today we're going to talk about using compelling language to define your brand. All right, let's get into it with Doug Gillen, brand manager at a Fortune 500 retailer. What's up, brother? How you doing?
2: Hey, how are you? Nice to be here today.
1: Awesome. Yeah, no, it's good to have you on. It's always fun to have people, you know, like we have people from the agency side, from the brand side, from the media side. You're on the brand side. So we want to hear from you. What is your process and and how do you think about forging strong connections with target audience? Who doesn't want that? And love to maybe hear a little bit about your background, depending on what you can say.
2: Yeah, I've been working either in creative or in brand for 10 to 12 years. I've worked in a couple of different countries, including the United States and Singapore. And I've worked agency side and client side. And, and for the past six years, yeah, I've been working in retail. Connecting with customers to me is typically just a combination of language and strategy. That's kind of the, the great place to start. It's wonderful to have data. It's wonderful to have insights. And I think those inform all those things. But where I get excited and and where I've found a lot of success just in in my career has been using those insights, using that data to make sure you're operating on a really strong strategy, understanding who you are, who your brand is, if your brand is you, why does that matter to who you want to talk to? And then who cares? And who cares is kind of how I always talk about the target. And then use your your words to get through that. And then the biggest thing to me with the kind of – guiding light for me with language is uh, first about being authentic, because if you understand who you are, why that matters and who cares, then you're going to know how to be authentic. And through that, you want to make sure that you're active, that your language is active. You know, We all go through English class and hear about active verbs, right? And a lot of people don't like that. They don't like getting papers marked up and not getting used is or was to be, but it makes your writing a lot stronger when you do that and, and your storytelling. And then just to be clear, so hmm. those are really the, the North Star points I, I look at when you talk about crafting creative and making sure that you're really intentional in reaching customers.
1: I couldn't agree with you more, first of all. And we haven't talked a lot about active language, like kind of back to the basics. I, I really, that stood out to me as something maybe I haven't heard people talk a lot about. Of course, you know, your true North Star and being authentic to your brand. I, I think we all can wrap our head around that and hear that a lot. But talk to us about who cares
2: uh, a little bit more. That stood out to me. What do, you, what do you mean by that? Well, who cares? So this is a strategy proposition or a strategy question, right? The business should have some idea of who it wants to market to and, and who's going to buy the product or use the service or whatever. But that person has desires and things that trigger them and things that get them excited and things that make them feel all kinds of ways. And so you need to know who they are and then what they care about. And, you know, you could bring up literally anything. It could be, you know, you got a Coca-Cola background behind you right there, right? You know, you could bring up any kind of soda or whatever. And you can say, oh, who cares? Who cares about a Coke? You could bring up some new product you've got. Somebody goes on Shark Tank. Say, I've got this. I've got that. Okay, well, who cares? You know, And in order to answer that question, you have to understand who you're selling to, which means your business strategy has to be solid. And then you have to understand why that person would care about that. And that's going to inform your ability to talk to them. Now, I tend to think of it from the creative side, but even from the placement side, you know, where you're getting those messages from.
1: Do you think people care a lot more than we think they care about, or do you think it's less? And do you think that's increasing or decreasing in the current economic climate, media climate, just as as, as we're evolving as humans? Do you, do you think there's...
2: Do they care more or less about, what, brands or...
1: I mean, or anything. I just feel like at times, as I've looked at a lot of consumer research and, and, and trying to find human truths with certain consumers and what's what really makes them tick there's a lot of different things and you know I mean Facebook classifies you know different consumer segments I think in like 37 different groups and it could be very fragmented but I think there's also things you could find that universally people care about as a big thing but is it finding the little things and finding the tonality and the action words and the creative that, that appeals to certain segments like maybe people at your large retailer, in the auto category, care about Star Wars? I don't know, is that is that something you're going to be using in, in creative? Do they care about something more simple that like is a human need? So I guess on the who cares part of it, how should we be thinking about it from consumer segments? And, and I mean, people care about a lot of different shit. Yeah. So like, what should we be focusing on
2: the most? You hit it right, is that they do. They care about different things. And what they care about is going to provide different insights. But your job as a marketer, Or my job is to find the thing that they care about that I can connect to that brand, you know, that I can connect to that brand promise. And if the business strategy is sound, then there's going to be that connection there. You just need to make sure it's really solid. You talked about people who like Star Wars wanting to go to a retailer. Well, dang, that sounds like GameStop to me, you know, (laughs) like, I mean, that's that's a value prop that that business would have. And they would understand it, and they would probably act accordingly. And even in their marketing or in the way that they brand themselves, they might not have Star Wars up there, but they might arrange their creative in a way that looks more fun or looks more fantastical or something like this. That would intrinsically tick that box. Look, if a stand-up comedian goes up in front of a crowd, it's not all arenas and stuff, right? It's not all Dave Chappelle on a Netflix special. A lot of comedians go up to bars, a lot of comedians go up in nightclubs or comedy clubs on the weekend, and they have to look at that crowd whether they're in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, or Los Angeles, California, or wherever, and they've got to get an idea of who those people are. And then they've got to find a way to make their authentic voice appeal to them in a way that in this case, their goal is to make them laugh. And as a brand, you've got to find a way to make your authentic voice appeal to whoever it is that you're looking for in a way that, that they're going to take whatever action it is you're, you're trying to get by the product, use the service, whatever.
1: So many things to comment on in terms of what you said and and a lot of it i agree with certainly you know like you talk about comedians i have have a really good friend his name is jeff die who's a very dynamic comedian he's freaking hilarious and i look at him versus a lot of other comedians and, and i know him and he's so authentic and he's changed over the years in terms of his beliefs you can tell pretty quickly, especially from a stand stand-up comedian, like you have to be so authentic to relate to people. Otherwise, people see through their bullshit. And you see other comedians that try that are connecting and ones that are truly authentic that just kill it. And they can say whatever the hell they want. Certainly, there's techniques to, to comedic, you know, performances in terms of pauses and things like that. So I love that example. I think it's I think it's spot on is is brands that can tap into their authentic selves truly have an advantage. To, to connect deeper with, you know, current customers and potential customers. So that's one point. The GameStop thing is hilarious. You know, I think of GameStop customers. I, I think about Reddit users and day traders, but you, you make a great they point. They probably
2: all like Star Wars though.
1: Uh, they probably do. If, and I love looking at qualitative data where people over-index in certain things because I do think you start to see some patterns that get really interesting. That opens up the world of maybe collaborations, opens up potential influencers, it opens up creative ideas. Um, especially in social platforms today. I, I think old school qualitative data is still you know really relevant. But the thing I do want to ask you in terms of what you said, does, does what the competition is doing matter? And is there a need for differentiation as well? Because I didn't hear as much of that into kind of your process.
2: I mean, you got to pay attention to it and you want to know what's what's going on. You talk about you know, utilizing data, you talk about watching the competition and all that stuff is is really important, I think. But I guess for me, it informs a little bit on the periphery. If you think about a a running back who's got his eye on the end zone, those things are tacklers, you know, that you can kind of see to the side. You look at them, you understand them, you know where they're going. But then your goal is still focused on communicating with who you're trying to communicate with. You know, looking at competitors in terms of understanding what they're doing, differentiation is really important. Also, sometimes they have really good ideas and sometimes you want to go, oh, man. Oh, okay. They thought up something there. How are we going to beat that? So all of that is very important for sure. But yeah, I would say my core thing is going to be, who am I talking to and what's the best way to get our business proposition to, it, to them in a way that, that's impactful. And I think if you've got good information and look at it from a really intentional perspective, you're going to come up with something pretty unique most of the time. Couple of quick questions while I have you and then we're gonna we're gonna get you on tomorrow, which is really today,
1: and we're gonna play tomorrow. But I, I wanna ask you, I mean, you're in a a major retail category with a very large brand. Is there any retail trends you're seeing out there that you think are helpful or interesting to marketers right now?
2: Well, it's an odd market in terms of some retailers are having a lot of success and some retailers are are struggling, right? Uh, I think Amazon looms for everybody. You know, Amazon's a situation that everybody has to adapt to if you're a physical retailer, you got to make sure that your e-commerce business is, is good to go. And you need to make sure that your business is, you know, adapts to change and willing to meet the environment. But at the end of the day, people still like to go pick things up. They still like to go buy stuff. They still like having a store experience. And some retailers are there because people need them. And those retailers are actually doing very well. So mm. yeah, it's always changing, but so is everything, you know? The big thing to me in retail that that stands out is just that it's less about telling the customer what you've got or how great it is, and more about letting them know that you're going to take care of them. That that they come, they're they're going to get what they need, and life's going to move on or get better or whatever the promise is of that retail. Yeah.
1: That sense of security and safety, especially with Amazon having pretty much anything people want with the click of a button, fast.
2: Yeah. But they're not the only ones who provide it, right? So for any retailer, I think if you're able to provide that for your audience, um, that's something people can connect with. And that's a brand promise that you can make that'll resonate. You know, customer service is is, is really important. Yeah, we just talked about that in the last episode in the luxury travel
1: lifestyle business about customer service. But something came up on a podcast uh, a while back and two insights that stood out to me quite a bit were, number one, I think the stat was 52% of Americans are on now a fixed shopping budget and a large portion of consumer shoppers now are leaning towards non-branded brands, basically Kirkland brand and some of the actual retailers. I forget what you call
2: it, but. Man, you mentioned Kirkland brand, like it's a step down. You're going to get in some fights on the internet, man. People love that brand. (laughs) (laughs) There's some Kirkland fans. I love
1: Costco. I mean, Costco is cute. You know, our golf company. We, we did a deal with Costco, and a lot of people are like, "Why would you go into Costco?" And I specifically said, "I said, look, Costco has a fantastic audience for golf, and I don't know why people are still, especially lifestyle brands, are sticking their nose up at Costco like it's into motion to be in Costco. If you look at the affluency of their audience, they are golfers, and they are our audience, and we are a golf technology brand. We should be in Costco. If you understand it, I." Same thing with Amazon, like it used to be, you know, looked down upon if you're a brand on Amazon, like it was a step down and I disagreed. So yeah, no, I, I mean, if you look at Kirkland brand or Fry's or Signature brand, it's like, like those brands are on the rise. Like people feel, I think from a value shopper budget standpoint, going to a tide versus whatever Signature Select brand is. I don't think they see true differentiation for the top brands anymore.
2: Yeah, well, a lot of retailers are investing in private label too, right? So you've got economic factors that are playing into that, but then you've got the retailers that want their private labels to be better. I mean, it used to be if you bought private label, if you bought the cereal out of the bag or whatever, you know, that like, you know, hey, you, you, were, you were a step down or you were frugal or you couldn't afford it. But that's not necessarily the promise anymore, right? I mean, retailers all over the place, Costco you brought up is a great example. Because their Kirkland brand is, I was joking around with you, but true story, they are it's beloved. People, oh, the Kirkland. I mean, geez, Kirkland toilet paper was practically gold during COVID. You know, like that was the, some of the best stuff you could get. Everybody was all about it. And golf balls are as good as Pro V1s. People really have resonated with that brand in terms of it meaning quality. And that's an interesting proposition for a private label, right? that's not necessarily something we would have. Expected from a major retailer who sells so many different kinds of goods a long time ago. So, yeah, I'd say that trend you're seeing is probably twofold. I mean, I'm not, I'm more of a branding expert, maybe not a business expert, but yeah, retailers are investing in their private label brands. They're making them more available and more attractive and higher quality. And then, like you said, there's economic factors that are leading consumers to say, hey, well, maybe I'll try this other thing. And then when they do, maybe they like it.
1: So, here's what we're going to do we're going to bring Doug right back. I think technically the title of our, our second episode is how to utilize sonic branding and the modern audio landscape. So I do think that's going to be an interesting topic, but I want to dive into other things with Doug Gillen, brand manager at a major retailer, Fortune 500 retailer in the US. You know, let's pick his brain. Let's find out how we can become better brand experts. I love some of the strategy and insights that Doug gave us that he uses in his practice. Uh, so we're going to bring him right back. If you can't wait till next Thursday, you want to learn more about Doug, we're going to put his uh, LinkedIn profile in our show notes. Just one show note I also want to tell you about. Look, everything's at rebrandpod.com. We got LinkedIn profiles and show notes and contact information and things about our show and how to get in touch with how to apply to be on the rebrand. Maybe you have a great impactful marketing campaign or you have some insights for marketing you want to share with our audience. Come apply. We look at those every couple of weeks. So we are looking for a great guest. If you want to find me on any of the social handles, it's just at Scott Hargid. We have a rebrand pod, but we want to produce a great podcast. We're trying to put rebrand in in all social channels at this point, but I do that myself as my own personal brand. So look for me at Scott Hartke. love to connect with people in the industry. And our main thing for KPIs, as you know, is subscriptions. We want people to subscribe that love the show or that want to get better at marketing. That's our KPI is how many industry marketing people are subscribed to the show. So if you like what you see, or if you know people that love marketing, send them the show. We just appreciate all the support. That's it for today. But uh, remember 728 to rebuild, reboot or rebrand.